93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Glad that you have tuned in this weekend. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. We've got a great guest in the studio. My pleasure to welcome the president and CEO of Central Bank of Boone County into the Eagle Studio. Ed Scavone, thanks for being here, Ed. Fred, thanks for having me back. I appreciate that. Absolutely. It's been a little bit over a year since you were last on the program, but I, I thought it might be helpful for our listeners if you spent a couple of minutes here just telling folks about your background, where you grew up, and uh, how you ended up the president and CEO of uh, Boone County's largest bank. Well, I appreciate that, Fred. Um, you know, one thing I've learned since I was here a year ago uh-huh. was... Bo Frazier, our former president and CEO, listens to the show. Oh, is that right? Okay. Because he mentioned it, so I'm going to be All on right. my best behavior Very today. Good. So, uh, great. And uh, Bo Frazier was a great mentor, community mm-hmm. leader, so great uh, opportunity for me to grow up in the banking community under his leadership. Yeah. Um, grew up in Columbia, moved here in, in 1977. My father worked for the city hmm. uh, in the accounting department, uh, so I grew up, went to Oakland Junior High, Hickman, uh, lived here most of my life, uh, except for about eight years when I was in the U.S. Navy. So wow. I so left Hickman High School, um, joined the Navy, spent some time on a couple of aircraft carriers, but then completed my college education uh, the hard way, you yeah. know, through night school. Um, so you went to, you went from high school to the Navy to college? Correct. I wow. Did, I did it like the, in, in the military, their schools come. Like Columbia College, yeah. you help non-traditional students. Yeah, and I'm I'm a product of what you know what a college like community or Columbia College is yeah. doing, helping individuals uh, get on a better path. Very good. All right. So, what were some of your jobs in the Navy, and and where did the Navy take you? Well, the Navy um, had nothing to do with banking. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know you enlist, and they say sign here, and yeah. uh, you don't know where you're going. But yeah. I actually w- was an electronics technician, worked on radars, radios. Wow. Uh, those sorts of things, which I thought might be a, a good career, but um, in the private sector, um, you know, repairing copiers was about all I could do yeah. with that degree. And yeah. so I uh, studied accounting there uh, while in there, mm-hmm. um, and that led me to beca- uh, become a CPA, and that helped me in, you know, in my roles in banking. Yeah. But while in the military, lived in Washington State, uh, California, and then while on the aircraft carriers, uh, Mediterranean Sea uh, twice mm. uh, in, in those countries, yeah. and uh, it was actually uh, out in the ocean during Desert Storm. Oh. Uh, if you remember that back in the yeah. late eighties, absolutely uh, one of the first wars there. Yeah, gosh. Um, so it, it's interesting to see the path that a president of a bank or a CEO of a bank. It's sort of a circuitous path. Uh, talk about some of the positions you've had at the bank uh, over the years. Yep. Uh, so when I uh, got out of the military, I joined uh, my mother-in-law, worked for our affiliate in Moberly. It was called Citibank at the time. And okay. She didn't want a son-in-law who didn't have a job. So she <laughs> gave my resume to the right person, and they uh-huh. gave me a shot. Uh, so I started working for Central Bank in Jefferson City in 1995, spent five years down there. What were you doing down there? I was an auditor. Okay. Uh, auditor and, and then internal uh, loan review. So I, that's really uh, where I learned the skills to become a lender and yeah. eventually in this role here. Um, so I did that for five years and then got a call from 
uh, Rick Ravenhill used to be a senior sure. lender here, and Rick said, we need a lender, and, and I knew the community, and he gave me a shot yeah. uh, to do that. And so most of my career has been working with businesses mm-hmm. as a lender yeah. um, you know, for at least for the last 22 years, and then two years ago, I was uh, made president. Yeah. So with that background uh, as an auditor and loan review, uh, you kind of had a general idea of what banks were looking for in the types of loans they would make. You probably gave you some great background. I, the accounting gave me a good understanding of what businesses need to succeed mm-hmm. because that's it doesn't matter what type of business their financial statements are the same they all operate the same. I had to learn the banking part of it, how mm-hmm. to finance it, how to manage risk and, and those sorts of things. But understanding the business needs from a accounting perspective, and then learning banking under leaders like Bo Frazier and Steve Ertle, um have have put me in a good position to be a, a hopefully a good uh, advisor for our bank clients. Yeah. How many commercial lenders uh, uh, reported to you during your, your tenure as, as uh, being in charge of that department? We have, we have approximately 10 commercial okay. lenders yeah. and, and then we'll have a whole team of just mortgage lenders and a whole team of consumer lenders. So the commercial lenders just focus on that product mm-hmm. and those clients. Uh, some banks have individuals who do all three but with our size we really need the, the specialists in yeah. that area. People would be surprised uh, to uh, probably get a full grasp of the scope and breadth and, and depth of, of Central Bank. But talk about Central Bank of Boone County. Uh, how big is it in terms of assets? How many employees? Um, as of as of now, we're just under $3 billion in assets. Wow. Okay, so the company as a whole is 20. The, the, so Central Bank, the holding company, is $20 billion. It's $20 billion. And, and Central Bank of Boone County represents $3 billion We're of three of it. In our, yeah. So we're the third largest bank by asset size. Uh, Central Bank in Jefferson City is $3.6 uh-huh. billion, And then our Central Bank of the Midwest in Kansas City is three point seven. So we're close yeah. uh, in, in size there. Yeah. And we're just lucky to have a, a great community. Uh, 14 branches here mm-hmm. in Columbia mm-hmm. um, in 372 employees and what's new since we spoke last year is we've opened up a uh, mortgage office in des moines iowa yeah and so and how's that going it's going great yeah um, you know iowa is a, uh, a lot of we have a lot of individuals who work at the bank of relationship with des moines it's only you know it's 200 miles away but it takes four hours to drive there yeah. Yeah. um but it's a very similar community the columbia just larger scale yeah. but um it's it sounds sleepy, but a lot of... It's a big financial capital, isn't it? I yes. mean, there's a lot of stuff up there that's based in Des Moines. A lot of technology and people yeah. coming from uh, from the coast to that uh, area. So really hot market. So we're kind of newcomers there. So we're just dipping mm-hmm. our toe in the water. Was that through an acquisition of a company? Or what made you decide to, to locate in Des Moines with that no, operation? We, we have some uh, great individuals in our mortgage line of business who, who've developed um, uh, mortgage production offices in other parts of the country mm-hmm. and they said you know you should look at the morning because we you know we've pretty saturated here in columbia and they said you gotta look at the morning so we went there and we were lucky to find some individuals from the area who could represent our brand like we do in columbia you mm-hmm. need locals up there to be successful in that market and so we actually end up have six mortgage lenders up there operating and that group of individuals have all known each other for 20 years so it's a very they've all worked together before right so it's not just a hodgepodge of of lenders and so it's a great team and off to a great start there yeah um when you look at the size of a bank and and the market share Mm um so do you look at just the assets compared to other banks in town so to kind of describe Mm -hmm. boone county there we go again uh central bank of boone county's market share in in this market you know we've we've been very fortunate to have a very high market share uh and that predates me again my predecessors have 
done all the homework there and we're just trying to keep it going yeah. um there's been a lot of changes in the uh, banking environment even since last year as consolidations happens and even within our own company we've reorganized to be one bank so central bank now is a single 20 billion dollar bank not so you can solid all your charters into one one charter is that correct right one one central bank uh-huh. um where previously we were 14 independent banks going different directions yeah. and really to compete in this market with as competitive it is and as much change happened to be nimble as we need to be we have done that so um asset size you know we're we're probably the largest but mm-hmm. there are other larger organizations national banks that are here that, that have a presence in columbia that have had a presence yeah. that are more national or regional last i looked uh, you had more than a third of the market can you say what that number is right now it's, it's just under between 35 and 40 percent yeah that's impressive huh? that really is yeah. so that's good um and uh when you see the consolidation in the market when you see uh other banks being bought up um and, and swallowed up uh that typically tends to drive business to uh, a, a local bank. Would you agree with that, or is that uh, what, what have you seen as a trend, uh, Fred? I think that's a very uh, important point that you 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 make, and certainly something we're mindful as well. So, you know, our goal is to make all decisions as close to the customer as possible. That's as a community bank how we've always operated. So, uh, best case scenario, we're going to deliver uh, community banking to the individuals, but have um, large bank technologies and capacities. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to manage that um, transition is going to be critical to our success. And if, as you've seen other banks consolidate, um, their ability to, to weather that is really determines how successful they are um, in keeping their clients. Yeah. When you look back on the last couple of weeks, it's it's not a very fun time to be a wealth manager or a financial <laughs> planner. Uh, you know, the, the stock market has just been absolutely a roller coaster uh, headed mainly in one direction. But yep. uh, um, w- when you kind of look at the there's a lot of speculation right now that we are either one already in a recession or will soon be in a recession uh, based on your years of banking. How do, how do you view that question? What's scary to people, mm-hmm. and you can watch a lot of television and experts. And you know, last I heard, thirty percent was the probability of, of a recession, mm-hmm. whatever that means. But you know, as a local banker, you know, recession means how much pain is the consumer feeling or the local business, and mm-hmm. we have a pretty good sense of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so far, we're not seeing it yet, but but. I just paid $4.50 a gallon yesterday for my vehicle. Wow. And so that's going to affect people, and, mm-hmm. and it's, you start seeing food prices go up. And yeah. so that affects a lot of individuals. It becomes you know a tax on individuals because their purchasing power uh, goes down. So very mindful of that. But we're not seeing it yet, but you wouldn't expect to see it this early. It'll mm-hmm. take six months or so. When you think you were an active uh, uh, commercial lender back mm-hmm. in 2008, 2009, when that um, economic setback took place, um, how how looking back? I mean, did you see signs of it coming? Uh, was it something that just suddenly happened? But mm. when you compare today versus two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and granted, two thousand eight and two thousand nine was really more about the housing bubble and and some really uh, maybe irresponsible lending that had taken place. Um, how do you compare this period uh, versus that time? 
there are some areas that seem to be a little hot. I mean, you look at how home prices are are going up exponentially, and that's mm-hmm. great if you're a homeowner. Um, in the short run, it's not a great op- great if you're trying to buy. Right. So if you buy a home, it appreciates. Well, next time your taxes are going up on the real estate because that value goes up mm-hmm. and your insurance goes up because it's based on replacement cost. Um, and it's since hard to move and now interest rates have moved. You talked about the market going down the 30 year mortgage today is five and a half percent. If you, wow. if you'd got one last October, it was 3%. Yeah. It, so what's I, your purchasing power? Yeah. I mean, just a matter of three months, uh, you've seen uh, mortgage rates go from two seven five to four seven five now five and a half. I yep. mean, mm-hmm. so it's, it, we'll talk more about what the Fed is, is doing with interest rates, but, uh, it is a crazy time. But as a, as a bank president and CEO, um, what, you have to sort of take a look at the landscape and you have to sort of look at what you have out there, what you're on the hook for. Uh, is this a time where, uh, it might be harder for a commercial entity to get a loan? Uh, do you start sort of pulling things in that maybe were borderline risky? How, what's your posture when you see this type of economic climate moving in? We're going to, banks in general are going to start trying to predict what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a question is, the uncertainty of what's going to happen so people will always assume the worst so as we have individuals starting business or expanding businesses in this market we want to make sure they're balanced Mm -hmm. that they have enough cash are they not are there estimates on what their sales or what their prices are going to be Mm -hmm. or if you buy an apartment building and rents are x today you can't assume that you can increase them to y they may actually come down so in those variables does the project still work then you add on top of that, what's your cost to borrow in the interest rate? Mm-hmm. Interest rates have been very low for a long time. Uh, so that cost is higher than it has been. Historically, it's, it's still relatively low on a historical uh, view, but it's still a, a more cost there. So they just need to understand their revenue sources and they'll feel very comfortable that those are going to hold up in the future. And we, we have opinions on that as well as bankers. Mm-hmm. When you look at sort of Fed policy and you look at, uh, you know, uh, I mean, you, because of your background in commercial loan, uh, the commercial loan industry, I mean, you have a pretty good idea of how certain businesses uh, thrive and, mm-hmm. and struggle uh, during uh, tougher economic times. Uh, do you... I mean, what what do you think? What would you rather see happen? I mean, would you? Is there anything that you would second guess about what you're seeing in terms of uh, Fed policy or interest rates? What is there anything that uh, sort of comes to mind? You know, that uh, something that we ought to be doing that we're not doing, or something that we did that we shouldn't have. I think what's surprising most people is the rapid increase in mm-hmm. rates. Mm-hmm. I frequent. mean, yeah, frequent in. And, 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 and steep. big chunk and steep yeah 50 basis points <laughs> yeah. Is, 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 yeah and then we're not done and yeah. so you know some predictions are um it could go up you know quite a bit more mm-hmm. and it's all well and good to say we're going to raise interest rates and on our loans but at the other end of that the borrower has to be able to pay it at the higher rate mm-hmm. so you, you can't you got so we as a as a uh, banking community, we we try to buffer that uh, increase up so that our customers can adjust to that. That's the voice of uh, Ed Scavone, the president and CEO of Central Bank. When we come back from this break, we'll continue our conversation with Ed about what's happening in our local economy. This is the CEO Roundtable on 93.9 The Eagle.
This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. This is Fred Perry. We are uh, welcoming Ed Scavone, the president and CEO of the Central Bank of Boone County, into uh, the studio this weekend. Uh, great to visit with Ed and, and catch up with him. He was on the show a little bit over a year ago, and, and a lot has changed since Ed was last on the show. But uh, I want to talk just a little bit about uh, the, the Fed. And, and uh, I think, uh, I may have lost count here, but I think the Fed has increased interest rates three times already this mm-hmm, year. Correct. Is that right? They're they're saying somewhat, you know, very openly that we'll probably increase it another three times or more, correct? Um, at you know, at at um, a half a percent each time they go. So, I mean, what what does that do? I mean, it's I, I know it slows down certain parts of the economy, but but when you see those rapid, frequent rate increases, what typically what behavior do consumers and businesses typically engage in? You know, at this point, Fred, the rates have come so quickly, and a lot of our business customers have loan rates that are fixed for three to five years, maybe longer. So rates are going up in the short term, but they're not feeling it yet because none of their their loans have already been set, not unlike individuals with fixed mortgages. So that's why I think there'll be a delay in some of the effect of this. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're buying a car, you're going to see some interest rate. Um, increase there, but those balances are generally smaller. You mm-hmm. know, unless you're buying a new car, yeah. then you see some inflation there. Home prices, I think, is where in home buying where you will see more immediate impact than on the business side. Yeah. And we're seeing that already. Uh, some of the statistics I've seen from the, the Columbia Board of Realtors is the, the number, supply of homes is increasing some. I mean, mm-hmm. we're still below historical uh, because that $400,000 home at a you know, five and a half interest rate, you're probably cutting out some buyers. Mm-hmm. Those buyers have seen their 401ks maybe go backwards a little bit. They're probably wondering about their uh, employment situation, possibly. So maybe they're not going to take that step up. So we'll we'll see maybe a increase of inventory, but not for the right reasons yeah, yeah. there. Uh, we're continuing to see um, home building occur. Um, but to your point there, um, those people would be impacted. So let's say uh, you and uh, Melody were building a home mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be done for 12 months. Yeah. Okay. And you're assuming, well, we bought this house um, and we can afford a mortgage at 4%. You might be looking at 6% yeah. on that. And how would yeah. you predict? So you, so the uncertainty of where that individual is going to be at the end of the rainbow when the home's ready it's concerning. So it's it's our job to, to, to talk to those individuals and say, well, let's assume rates are up 200 basis, 200 basis points mm-hmm. or 2% uh, in a year from now. Does it still work for you? Yeah. Do you allow people to lock into a rate with like an arm, uh, you know, and then uh, basically lock in a rate for, for three, five, seven years. And then when that time is up, they 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 go back to the to the the normal rate or what the, the the current rate is yeah if you're if you're referring to mortgages fred that yeah. is that i mean you hit on a very important point mm-hmm. within the mortgage industry right now because of the the secondary market and that would be your you know 30 year fixed rate mortgage is five and a half local banks mortgage companies not so much but local banks have what in-house portfolio products mm-hmm. and so a five 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 in one arm seven in one ten in one arm and they're going to be significantly lower in cost um in the rate and the bar is always is typically going to go to the lowest rate and, mm-hmm. and but 
but you're, you're, you're hoping that in five years the rates are in a refinance situation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're, but a, a lot of our mortgage volume has shifted from, um, secondary market. All the refinance business is done. That's why if you talk to any banker, the mortgage volumes are down a lot this year because yeah. everybody's refinanced. Um, and those who have an ARM product are seeing a lot of volume. Yeah. It, you know, I, I, and I don't, don't want to put you on the spot with this awkward question, but, you know, typically the president CEO is sort of the senior statesman on the local, of your bank is typically the senior statesman yep. on the local economy. And so, but, you know, we, we really have had a, a burgeoning industry here in, in Columbia mortgage companies. You know, you look uh-huh. at Veterans United, you yep. look at Fly Branch. So what, what do companies like, like, like those two companies do when you have these kinds of conditions is it is it do they tend to retract a little bit what do, what do you what would you guess is going to happen with those those major employers in our community well those particular customers are are very well diversified mm-hmm. meaning they're not solely dependent on columbia boone county missouri they're, yeah. they're spread across the whole country right and so you know they they they're very sophisticated and while they'll see some volume drop they can they can manage that in, in, in what they're doing, but as long as homes are selling in Phoenix or in Florida, they're going to be fine and, mm-hmm. and really not going to affect the local uh, operation here as yeah. much. But interest rates are going up all over the country as well, right? No doubt. Yeah. So no doubt. yeah, it's it's uh, it'll be interesting to watch because those those two companies have produced so many jobs right. in our local economy. We are visiting with Ed Scavone, who is the president and CEO of Central Bank of Boone County. Um, I want to talk a little bit about. Um, uh, just basically your observations about the, you, you mentioned briefly, uh, the local real estate market. I know Brian Tui issued a report uh-huh. earlier this week on, on single family home sales. Um, what, what do you see happening? Anything that surprises you, uh, in that market? Uh, it, there has been, you're saying there has been a slowdown. Is that, uh, somewhat of a slowdown, but there's more inventory available, I guess. There's, it's becoming, you know, I was talking to an individual who, who had a, who has a home for sale on, on the south side of Columbia. In a, in a good price range. Mm-hmm. And he, as soon as he listed it, he had two or three buyers show up and they all three were qualified, but said, you know, because of what we think happened in the economy, we're going to wait to buy this next home. So mm-hmm. it's still for sale. Wow. And that's the first time I've heard that story because yeah. you always hear about over asked price offers and yeah. such. Um, I think in a few months they're going to wish they'd bought right now. I would guess just because yeah. of the interest rates. Yeah. Well, yeah. interest rates will go up and you know, if you look at, the costs are not going down, Fred. Right. And so mm-hmm. if you look on, I like to watch Zillow and, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, you know, a year and a half ago, the average price per square foot in Columbia is about 125. And we're closer to 175, 200. If you look on any of the coast, Phoenix, $400 a yeah. square foot yeah. for Kansas City. You know, so we're still relatively cheap for real estate. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the cost to build per square foot, correct? Correct. Right. Cost to build. The median home value has jumped considerably, yep. correct? Yeah. Correct. So, but uh, we're seeing um, there are continued development in, yeah. of homes, but, you know, affordable housing is a, a community issue. Um, and, and certainly these circumstances are not helping that. But, you know, you, your average lot price now is, 70, 80, 90,000. So you can't build a $200,000 house when you're paying that much for the lot. Um, and that's what you see across the whole market. And so what individuals are doing now is they're going to, to our surrounding communities, Ashland, for instance, or Boonville or Hallsville, because the land is a little bit cheaper, Mm -hmm. but even not much, not much. If you go to Ashland now, you know, starter home, you know, 250, 300,000 for a starter home. Yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about some of your retail customers, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's uh, they've been struggling with uh, 
uh, the convenience of shopping online, uh, you know, yep. the Amazon.com, uh, yep. uh, you know, trend has been pretty significant and mm-hmm. harmful to a lot of local retail businesses. Uh, anything you noticed about retail business performance in, in the last couple of years? Well, you know that the county passed the Wayfair tax yep. here, and I know that had been on been discussed since bill watkins was the manager i mean that Mm -hmm. was something just to kind of level so that but that will take some time to um to to level the playing field some but um it continues those uh, um if they can get the inventory to sell um they're still competing with the online Mm -hmm. um vendor so it's convenience i mean i think the driving factor there is convenience and and while we'll be able the county and the city will be able to collect some sales tax revenues Mm -hmm. as a result of the wayfair tax being passed uh it doesn't necessarily uh increase the amount of business that's going to go to a local mom and pop i would guess you know i don't covid accelerated that movement and now i mean my daughter you know she's 30 years old and she orders everything off amazon yeah yeah. So you know, I t- how do you change? How do you change it and say go into the supermarket and look yeah. around? And I I don't I Fred I don't know about that. Yeah, it's 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 going to be tough, and, yeah. and I think that most retail businesses are going to have to find a way to, you know, successfully uh, have a presence on both online and and in in brick and mortar. But mm-hmm. it's just uh, uh, brick and mortar is pretty expensive. You know what I mean? And yes. While, and, uh, so while we, as much as we like to support our local businesses, it it, uh, it is uh, tough to beat that convenience. Well, look at the car business, Fred. You just yeah. hit on a great point. I yeah. mean, all that lot space that they've historically had, you know, all these cars sitting there now, you know, their preference is you order it, it shows up six to nine months later, yeah. and they don't have to have all that carrying cost. Yeah. Now, will that change when the market slows down and the cars aren't? Who knows? Yeah. But. I see a lot of empty real estate, yeah, formerly occupied by vehicles. Yeah, there's a lot of business. I think healthcare is that way, mm-hmm. and, and certainly banking is. I mean, you've got 14 branches, and yeah. and banking has certainly changed uh, over the years. Uh, online banking is uh, have never been more convenient, more customer friendly. Uh, I would suppose that you've seen a fairly significant slowdown at, at, at out of your local branches in terms of activity. We have, um, you know, we've. We, we have to offer all the channels because yep. for, in, for different individuals and, yeah. and we have on a very online presence. Our, our, we have a, uh, what we call an internet branch. So if, if you were to open an account online, that would count as the internet branch as opposed to walking into a branch. Yeah. That's our, one of our top producers of new accounts is through the internet wow. branch. But yeah. what, what hasn't changed, Fred, is that as an individual, if you have a problem or a question, they always want to either talk to a person yep. or come into the branch. Yes. So, you know, there's a service. And the component. older you are, the more you want that. <laughs> Correct. And so, you know, we, we stayed open during COVID, you know, even if we had to do it by appointment. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of the community banking model yep. and expense, um, which we were going to, you know, stay true to because our customers expect that level of service. Yeah. It's, uh, it is tough. And I, you know, I find myself, so frustrated uh, by uh, the unresponsiveness of uh, robots who will chat with you, and and uh, it's hard to get an answer. And so it's, right. uh, but uh, hometown community banking is still one of those areas where you can talk to a live person, and and I think that oftentimes we take that for for granted. So um, when you, um, I want to ask you about a few things uh, uh, here, just in sort of the uh, the last couple of minutes of this segment, but. Um, 
a few years ago, you started an initiative called Prosper You, and uh, folks have probably seen that on Broadway uh, next to CJ's Chicken Wings um, and across from City Hall. Tell people uh, what that is. What, what does that mean? You know, I thought you might ask me where it's located, and I was going to say next to CJ's Chicken Wings, because I knew everyone That's right. would know where that is. Um, you know, that was an, an initiative that um, my predecessor, Joe Henderson, uh, led, mm-hmm. where, you know, as a, as a bank, we want to serve the, the whole community. Mm-hmm. And there, there is a segment of the community that, for various reasons, have or cannot be, are unbanked or are just cannot find their way into the banking mm-hmm, system. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to have a, a, a means to offer a path there. Mm-hmm. And so um, a lot of organizations offer financial training, and they teach it in schools and that. But it really wasn't um, achieving what we thought could happen. And so we, we knew, number one, it could not be in the bank. Mm-hmm. And so it, that's why it's in a separate facility. And then the, the individual leading that, Sarah Maru, is a, a super dynamic individual with a heart for the community. And, and honestly, a lot of our successor is based on her tenacity. Mm-hmm. And, if, and I think you know Sarah. But we, we've studied. There's one other uh, program like this in the country in Boston that we, we went there and we mm-hmm. learned how they they did it. And you really have to come to it as a, a, a community um service and not yeah. necessarily a return on investment. It's not a profit center for you. It's really just not, something not that banking, it's the right thing to do. It's a community banking profit center, but yeah. not in the traditional sense. And right. so when we started, you know, you offer the basic classes like home buying and understanding your credit and those sorts of what you would think a traditional uh, financial institution would, would offer. But then, but then we're offering classes like you know, leveraging LinkedIn or, or social media for mm. small businesses wow. and, and those sorts of things. Or how to, how to, our, our Michael Dett, who you know, yeah. who, um, who's a, a renowned chef in town, teaches a class to help individuals go to a supermarket, understand what they're buying and how to actually prepare the meal. And he, and he does that. That's, so it's, it's some, there's life skills there yeah. too. So it really, a very broad, a broad uh, area. So um, we've had great success with that. Um, and we've created a lot of, of partnerships across the community um, with, with these, these, this outreach. So yeah. individuals are coming uh, to our classes, but they're also, uh, we're taking it out into the community. That's the voice of Ed Scavone, the president and CEO of Central Bank of Boone County. When we'll come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the economic future of our, uh, uh, of our local area and uh, kind of what's up next for uh, Central Bank of Boone County. This is Fred Perry. You're listening to the CEO Roundtable on 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable. This is Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Ed Scavone, the president and CEO of Central Bank of Boone County. Uh, we've been talking a lot about what's happening in the local market, but uh, I want to just... Uh, Ed, as a, as someone who spent a lot of your career uh, giving advice to local business owners... Uh, what kind of um if if a local business owner were were contemplating expansion at this time um what kind of advice would you give them? I think I asked you the same question when you're on uh, last year but but what what is it that uh 
should what should they be thinking about as they contemplate uh, the next move for their business? Certainly, it'd be important to talk to other individuals in the business community. Mm-hmm. Make sure there's a, a a reasonable demand for the product, and it, is the bank the only uh, resource? Probably not. But we typically any business someone starts. We're already banking a couple of them. Mm-hmm. You know, if there if, if there's an existing sort of a business, so if it's a plumber or a restaurant or hotel, you know, when we when we challenge individuals' uh, assumptions, it's based on current ones that we kind of know how they're doing, and so we can kind of give them, make sure they're in the ballpark for success. The opportunities for na- for financing now are as good as they've ever been. So banks are not overly restrictive so you know people like hmm. to say that banks are tightening credit yeah you know we have the full option as a lot of other organizations do you know offer sba the the government you know coming out of covid has opened up a lot of programs to help uh, individuals and businesses get back on their feet or start businesses so i would not discourage individuals who have that vision or dream to start the conversation yeah so what about there's something very important i know that over the years as a small business owner sitting down across the table from a from a banker uh it's pretty important to have your financial house in order Mm -hmm. uh but as a small business owner you know uh sometimes that is one of the things that gets pushed off uh we're so busy fighting the fires that are currently burning on our desk and and in our retail shops and so forth uh it's hard to sort of um, be mindful or pay attention to sort of the key economic indicators that mm-hmm. really you should be paying attention for your for your business. Um, any advice on on how a local business owner can get and keep their financial house in order? I know that um, you know there's all kinds of software packages out there, but right. but what is it? What is it that typically, and when you look at the discipline of a small business owner uh, who has done well in the past and one that maybe hasn't done well, what's the difference? And what are the what are the traits? What are the things that they're doing? Uh, to succeed, whereas it becomes a very low, it just ends up a low priority uh, for other business owners. Well, it's, it's, there's generally a correlation. I always like to refer back to individuals because mm-hmm. we're all, I'm an individual, I'm not a business owner. Right. And so I understand how that works and I and I try to not spend this more than I make. And so if you start from that premise, even as a business owner, you're going to be on a good footing. Yeah. And, and so you have to know if it, you're spending more than you make. You need to know that. And yeah. you want to you build up, you mentioned liquidity, build up some cash reserves because the cash reserves or your liquidity is for the unknowns that can happen, this recession or interest rates going up, those variables, so you're prepared for those. Mm-hmm. And so there are tons of resources in our community uh, Women's Business Center, the various financial institutions, the university, the score program. Mm-hmm. So uh, individuals just have to start on the path of trying to understand. the the. You don't have to be an accountant or that level just to understand if your revenues are exceeding your expenses and we have a little left over, you're probably going to do okay. Business owners work their tails off, like you said, and they have to wear all the hats, um, you know, Personnel right now is a tough situation, yep, uh, and the the expenses. So, um, you know, there are a lot of root people out there rooting for the small business, and there's a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I would encourage individuals if they're struggling, talk to somebody, talk to a financial institution, talk to any of these community groups that can help you at least talk to someone and get some mentorship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
when you when you think about um, uh, where people have their money right now, I want to just kind of talk a little bit more about the reaction to, to current economic uh, conditions. Um, Central Bank has a pretty uh, uh, large, successful uh, trust department, and I don't know how active you are with that, but uh, it's it, you know, there's a lot of financial planners and wealth advisors uh, in that department. Um, do you see people? I mean, has there been a move to liquidity? Um, you know, I've, you've heard, I've heard on the national news, it's hard to tell what to believe, but, uh, that people have been pulling out of the stock market and, and putting, I mean, when you look at people's cash position right now, uh, do you have any kind of anecdotal evidence about, uh, what people are doing with cash right now? You know, it's a very interesting time right now, Fred, because mm-hmm. you've always heard, or a lot of people have heard, if you're 60, 40, or 50, 50 stocks and bonds, yep. you're, you're diversified and have some cash. But right now, what's, what's so unique about our market is the stock market is in decline some right now. Bonds are not very good because of interest rates. In the value of your cash, I mean, there's not a lot of interest being paid on that. And the inflation we're seeing is eating away at that value. Yeah. So basically all the asset classes are, other than maybe real estate, are actually in decline right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the... Um, that's why a lot of the even the professional investment or wealth managers are scratching their heads because where do you go just to lose the least right yeah, now? And yeah. so it's it's testing a lot of people. Do you have a lot of people calling and asking about gold and other non traditional type of investments? You you do, and you know gold is a, a has has historically been a storehouse for for wealth, but you can't spend a you know chunk of yeah. gold bullion. So yeah, right, um, and it's and it's really not a. Um, a strategy that's open to normal individuals, <laughs> me being one of those, because it just takes a lot to get in right. and out of it. So, right. um, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation yeah. right now. It's interesting, uh, to, to see how people, uh, scramble to things that maybe are not very, not very safe. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, I want to talk just a little bit about inflation and, uh, try to get uh, a little bit better understanding of, uh, what causes inflation. And, um, y- you know, I, Part of me wonders, I'm a little cynical, uh, which I'm sure doesn't surprise you, but I, I kind of <laughs> wonder about, uh, if, if maybe some of this is just opportunistic. You know, we were coming off of, of a major pandemic. Uh, we've had major supply chain issues for mm-hmm. things, you know, like baby formula and, and, uh, toilet paper and, right. and, uh, things that are just sort of you normally would just take for granted. Um, but when you kind of look at, what's driving inflation right now and the impact that that inflation has um you know as as a bank president uh what 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 are your thoughts when you think about inflation well what we're seeing is a huge demand for everything Mm -hmm. so you know coming out of covid people didn't spend money during covid they didn't go on the trips um there was a lot of uh, government um incentive you know through the ppp program and just and and that was all good thing and and that but a lot of most individuals save that money or use it to reduce debt so you know if we are going to the recession and you asked this question earlier that didn't answer very well um people are in a better position to weather that because they're not leveraged up on home equities and credit cards we're not seeing any of that um and so what's driving inflation is that People have more discretionary income. They're they're at home. They're working from home. Mm-hmm. They're they're spending money on that. Yeah. And then you look at what's happening uh, in China, which is a big supplier of a lot of our uh, uh, raw materials. Yeah, that's not 
where you know where it is or it's not available like it was mm-hmm. and so it's really just too many dollars chasing too few commodities yeah. it's it, there's just not enough you know resources for everybody in so, the world to live in a million dollar home so even though gas is 450 a gallon people are still buying gasoline at the same rate they were when it was 295 a gallon it's like food yeah i mean that's that's the basic but if they're paying that for gasoline then they're maybe not going out for that high that nice dinner or they're not taking that trip to disneyland so it'll it'll come out somewhere but those sorts of commodities they have to pay for no matter what yeah when you look at uh uh sort of the future of banking and and you've got a few good years left in you uh, what do you what do you look at uh, <laughs> what, what do you look at how how is the banking industry going to evolve and uh, granted uh, you said it earlier uh covid probably really um uh put some uh, uh a lot of energy behind some changes that mm-hmm. were bound to happen that made them happen a lot quicker than anybody expected or wanted um but w- what do you sort of see as the future of the banking industry how, how are things going to evolve over the next 5 10 15 years you'd asked me earlier about 07 08 and mm-hmm. what i think would happen now yeah well i was through that you were through that yeah but since 2010 so the last 12 years it's been a pretty easy ride so mm-hmm. to speak yeah and there's a lot of individuals um, who have left the banking business through retirement and a bunch of new ones who come in who, who, who really don't have that experience. Yeah. Um, and then you talked about the various mergers that happened. So I really, yes, I, I worry about how strongly the banking, uh, community will react to some adversity that our clients will probably incur, whether they'll be heavy handed or not, mm-hmm. having not had the experience of, weathering these two or three times and so that concerns me some Mm -hmm. um community banks historically hang in there they're not going to cut bait with clients they're going to work them through that's just the way we do business so i worry from a a staffing model um i think most banks are in a a very strong position um from a capital position from lessons learned in Mm -hmm. 07 08 um credit quality across the industry is as good as it's ever been Mm -hmm. uh so i think Banks in general are in a much better position to weather any sort of recession that might happen. Yeah. You know, as you know, we host these series of CEO roundtables where we uh, invite community leaders into mm-hmm. the, for lunch and, and have a candid conversation yeah. with them. And, and, you know, just as recently as last year, uh, I had a home builder say, you know, we still haven't recovered from the 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. you know, uh, turndown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wonder, you know, um, what we learned from that. You know what I mean? I think that we probably uh, learned that we should probably not be as leveraged as we can be, um, as we have been in the past. And and uh, uh, and I guess it's sort of uh, it makes you sort of pay attention a little closer to the numbers. I, I would guess that the future of banking is going to have a lot less to do with bricks and mortar than it does with the level of services and how easy and convenient you can make it. Kind of like Amazon has done with shopping. Right. I would guess that uh, banking will will still you know, continue to evolve in that same way. What's what's very in, uh, important in the industry now is that is a client acquisition. Mm-hmm. So my my daughter grew up in Columbia. She lives in Kansas City, but all her accounts are still here in Columbia. Yep. There's no reason for her whatsoever to to move them. Now yeah. her dad works at the bank, so that's yeah, that that's another reason. <laughs> uh, but you know, if, if if individuals, it used to be when when Mizzou would 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 start in the spring we'd have a rush of students opening accounts while they're here yeah. that doesn't happen anymore because yeah. they don't so those clients unless they move to the market you know and have a 
local need, they're going to build a house or start a business, they can keep their banking wherever they came from. Mm -hmm. So clients are not moving around as much. And yeah. so that's that's problematic because uh, no matter how great services you people you know change and you always have to be adding new uh, clients to continue to, to grow. So I don't know how that'll work into the future. Yeah, very interesting. Good. Ed Scavone, uh, President and CEO of Central Bank, we appreciate you taking time this weekend to visit with us. Uh, and thanks for the update. Congratulations on your success. Thanks, and uh, we appreciate the, your time. This is Fred Perry. We'll see you next weekend with another edition of the CEO Roundtable. You have been listening to the CEO Roundtable on 93.9 The Eagle. And I love it. Yeah, I love it.